Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee, your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us for today, new moon day. It's not quite yet. It will be soon. And so this morning, we're going to talk about everything that I know about this particular new moon, which, as it happens, is quite a bit. <laughs> and we are sitting at the cusp of the Chinese Lunar New Year, which happens, of course, with the new moon. And uh, that puts it in Chinese time, likely into uh, tomorrow, the 10th. And in fact, I was looking online for information about this Lunar New Year and um it was all saying February 10th. Well, here we are today on the 9th, but it's okay because it'll be the 9th for us when the new moon occurs. Now, I do not know hardly anything about Chinese astrology, so I'm hoping maybe there is someone out there, one of you that does, and you might want to share what you know about the wood dragon year. Uh, it did look like for uh, some people it would be very lucky. I happen to be an ox. Not so lucky for me apparently. <laughs> we shall see. And after the week I've had, I kind of think it is going to be a very frustrating year for me ahead. <laughs> I'm not going to put that in stone because I want to be able to move through the frustrations, but um, it has been one of those kind of weeks starting on Monday morning. So, you know, Monday I wasn't on and I, I want to talk about how this is a testament to human design and to being your true self, okay? I got up that morning, and as I do every Monday and Friday, I'm already, before I even get out of bed, I'm already thinking about, well, what am I going to say? What am I going to talk about? I had zero ideas. I wasn't alarmed. So I got up, I got dressed, I got ready, and I'm sitting here going, I have nothing to say. It was like there was this giant choker right here in my throat that was just not allowing me to bring up anything. And then, of course, because I also have a defined will center in my human design, I started to push. I started to try to force it to happen. And the more I forced it or tried to force it, the harder it became for me to think of words to, um, it was like, literally, I, I, I worded it as the cat got my tongue. I couldn't speak. And it's not literally as in I couldn't speak, but I couldn't come up with anything that I could talk to you about that we either hadn't already talked about or what. So I finally had to go, okay, what would you tell one of your clients who was having this kind of an issue? And I would have told that client, to do what is right for them based on their human design, whatever that design might have been. And in my design, because I have the gate 12 at the sun or the sun at gate 12, which is on the throat center, it ties in to um, kind of receiving information from the consciousness stream and being able to take that in, move it through the larynx and bring it out into the world kind of uh, as a way to simplify thing, complex subjects, right? That That's kind of my whole gig. And I couldn't do it. So what I would have recommended to someone else is if the mood, because it connects to the solar plexus, if the mood isn't right, then there's nothing you can do except bow out, step back, not talk. 
So it was an exercise in authenticity for me to actually come out and say, sorry, I have nothing to say. And, you know, really listen to my, my design in that case, because the other me really was upset. The egoic me was really upset that I, I shouldn't push through, right? Or you're just being, um, you know, uh, wishy-washy or, you know, all the things that go on in your, in your head about yourself when you're uh, trying to push yourself into something. So while I apologize that I was not here on Monday, I really have nothing to apologize for because I was doing what was authentic and correct for me in that moment, in that moment, right? I, I have no idea what would have happened if I'd actually come on with nothing to say. Could have been really interesting. It could have been very um, scary, uh, but also I knew it wasn't the right thing for me to do. So fast forward this morning, I'm brimming with ideas about what to talk to you about. And I'm really excited to share information about the new moon. That's the biggest gig for the day, uh, for the weekend even, is the new moon. But we also have uh, a square from Mercury to Jupiter tomorrow. And then, of course, on Monday, Mars moving out of Capricorn and into zero degrees of Aquarius, meeting up with Pluto. And I want to look at that through um, astrology and human design. So this morning, it might be a good idea to have both of your charts handy uh, to be able to uh, follow along with what I am talking about. So let's say good morning real quickly before I go on here. Debbie Tibbetts, two meal, always first on Friday. I love it. Good to see you. And Tom, good morning to you. He says, happy Lunar New Year, free Tibet. All right, let's do it. Erica Dorsey, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. Uh, I took a break from astrology, happy to be back. I am so happy to have you back as well. I've been thinking about you. In fact, Tuesday or Wednesday, I was flipping through a lot of the charts and things that I have that you know I need to either file or put somewhere, and I came across one for you. So how funny that you are with us this morning. Terry Strauss is a dragon. It's your year, Terry. I told you it was going to be a good year for you. Uh, Christine Buckingham, good morning. Teddy, good morning. Christine says, no apologies needed. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, TJ says, break it open. Londa, oh my gosh, nice to see you. Nice to have you joining us this morning. And Terry says, oh, I looked it up. I'm a wood dragon. Never knew that. Yep. Listen to your inner self. Nice day off. It wasn't a day off, Terry. It was a day off from coming on here in the morning. Uh, but I did put myself to work in writing because I'm also in the midst of preparing the 2025 Energy Almanac. So I was doing some of that work. And I'm into August now of <laughs> 2025. So just about four more months to write. And then I'm done with that project. Maybe that'll free up some brain space. Now, in looking at today's new moon, I am torn about how to present this to you because on one hand, it is extremely unpredictable. It is um, shocking, perhaps even. And of course, I'm weighting that uh, against the north node that's also sitting at the gate of shock in your human designs. Um, and there's a level of unexpectedness that is, you know, running through the uh, energy fields right now. And, you know, when that is happening, it upsets the, the way that we roll, right? So, for example, yesterday, great idea for this month's uh, webinar that I was going to do, that I, I'm still going to do it. 
uh, went to put it out on my mailing list and discovered that supposedly on, on February 1st, Google and not Google, Gmail and Yahoo changed some kind of god-awful regulations to make it harder for people to spam others, which I agree, that's probably a good thing. But it also makes it harder for people like me who know zero about all of that IT stuff in behind the scenes to do what she needs to do. So I go in there, I get ready to do this email and it says, oh, your emails aren't going to get through to people who have Gmail or Yahoo. Why? I don't know. It says authenticate your, your domain, clicked on that button and that opened up this four hour project, four hours to try to get that fixed. And do you think in that four hours it got fixed? Nope. Nope. I am likely going to have to go back in and do something else, which so frustrating, right? <laughs> so frustrating because all I want to do is what I do. And all these things keep getting in the way, things that are not created by me. And that's part of the frustration that I think we are all feeling at this time, right? As we are in a community, right? The community of earth, and uh, there are lots of different agendas going on, lots of different paths that people are going down that might cross ours. And in the crossing of our path can also impact how it is that we do or how it is we can do what it is that we want to do, right? That can be the frustrating thing in trying to manifest, right? I set a powerful intention for my year ahead, and now what I'm coming up against are the blocks, the things that are about to take me out, right? The ones that make me go, I do not want to do this anymore, right? I don't want to do that anymore. So what's a girl to do, right? And luckily I have a daughter who is very, she's a Taurus, so she's very grounded. And she talked me off the ledge of just taking everything and throwing it out the window, which I probably wouldn't have done, but I wanted to so badly. So the whole reason I'm telling you this story is because you too might be feeling these, these levels of frustration in your life um, right now and almost feeling powerless about what to do about it. Like some things are out of your control. Hmm. Maybe that's the whole purpose, right? To get us out of control. So this new moon is sitting at 20 degrees 0.41 uh, minutes of Aquarius. The new moon is always a time when the sun and the moon come into an exact conjunction. And that means they're sitting in the same degree of space. Um, as far as the zodiac is concerned, they're not literally in the same space. Otherwise, we'd have a collision. Um, and then at that point in time, the earth is in the opposition to the new moon. And so the moon and the sun, our ego and our inner selves together in a conjunction opposing the earth, which is where we have to ground in anything before we can actually move forward, right? So the earth, um, if the new moon and conjunction is in Aquarius, then the earth is sitting in Leo. So we're kind of pitting our individuality then, who we are as a person, as a singular being, as a sovereign being, against who we are as a collective. So it, it's great to know your own identity, to know who you are, where you're going, what you're here to do. But you also have to be able to work with the collective, right? And that's where the frustration can come in because we can't make people do what we want. I could not make 
any of what I wanted to do yesterday happen. And it was very frustrating, very frustrating. And I, what I wanted to do was like leave and just go for a walk, but it was pouring down rain. Ah, double frustration. All right. So we have to kind of be aware at this moment of this unpredictability and unexpectedness that is coming with the new moon. And primarily, it's not just because the moon and sun are together in Aquarius. It's because they're together in Aquarius, squaring Uranus in Taurus. And, you know, think back over the last year and a half or so, how many times have I talked to you about the new moon or the full moon, and one or the other of those two are in a square to Uranus? It's crazy, but it keeps happening. And yet there is such creative problem-solving energy in that same dynamic, right? Uranus sees things that we don't see, right? We see at this level, Uranus is up here, bringing in like flashes of lightning, flashes of intuition or insight. And so real creative potential exists here, right? But we got to get out of our way of the unexpectedness or resisting change or trying to beat our heads up against the walls. And there's also a level of rebelliousness at this point, right? That I think if I were a younger person and I was experiencing the level of frustration that I've been feeling, I would have already closed the door on astrology, human design and broadcasting and, and keeping a community together and gone on to someplace else because it's that level of frustration. But luckily, having a little more maturity and having a little bit more awareness about the astrological landscape, I get it right? This is a process of our refining more and more who we are, what our truth is, and what our direction is. And recognizing that sometimes, you know, I, I did have this mad thought yesterday while I was in the midst of all this frustration, that the timing might have been off for me to launch something new at the, that moment, because I was in the dark of the moon. We all were in the dark of the moon. We're still in the dark of the moon until it breaks new, which at is at 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. And for those of you on uh, UTC time, that'll be 11 p.m. tonight. Further East than UTC, of course, it'll be on the 10th, right? So that's how we get maybe the Lunar New Year coming uh, on the day after today. It's tomorrow. <laughs> um, so this um, idea of being a rebel, of, of being out of sorts with the way things are going can, can really cause us to look at those blocks or those restrictions or those stumbling blocks, those limiting things as what I almost did, a call to move in a new direction. Instead, I realized later it might be just put it on hold, put it up on the shelf, right? Until the new moon. So I'm, totally resigned at this moment that I won't find a solution for that problem until after 3 p.m. my time this afternoon. In the meantime, I can find a, another thing I can do. That's what we that's what we have to be aware of. Like I had mass headache yesterday from all of the stress that I caused myself with this problem. And it's not worth that, right? It really isn't. And so all of us at this point, we we are being asked to embrace 
what's new, embrace what's happening in the now, whether it's frustrating or exciting. It doesn't matter which, right? Either end of the spectrum. But stay grounded. Be still here on the earth. And, you know, don't just be irrational or reactive or impatient um, because that can actually, you know, create more problems as we go on through this new moon window. So we want to be flexible. We want to be grounded, but we don't want to be stuck. There's that potential either. So we're having to find our way through both. And a word keeps coming up in my mind about this. And the word is resilience. It was one of the words that I toyed with for my word this year. I don't know if you guys do this. I do a word of the year. And I don't think I shared this with you this year, what my word is, but my word this year is completion. And I don't mean completion as in ending, you know, uh, my business or anything like that. That wasn't my intention. But there were some things hanging out there that I'd started that were important to me in that moment that somehow I got distracted away from and went in a new direction. And uh, I want to bring those all into completion because I feel like they're weights that are, I'm holding on to. So, you know, being flexible and being grounded here might just mean to tap into a word like resilience that might be coming up for you and uh, ask the question, what does this mean for me? right? How how does that apply to my life? So I think on one hand, while there is a lot of change and a lot of um, unexpectedness running through the world, we're also resilient. Humanity is resilient. And we can tap into that resilience to get through whatever it is that gets thrown at us from either the outer world or that comes up from our own inner world. Cool, right? Now, in a minute, I'm going to talk about uh, the human design aspect here of of this. But before I do that, I want to complete with the astrological look because I, of course, love the Sabian symbols. Sometimes they make sense to me. Sometimes I'm sure when I'm reading it to you, it makes sense. And at other times it doesn't. But this morning's or this new moon Sabian symbol makes complete and utter sense to me. And it echoes a word that I just used. Okay. So for those of you who don't know what the Sabian symbols are, um, the, the Sabian symbols came up, I think in 1925 through a channeled, um, session with a woman that assigned a meaning to every degree of the Zodiac. So from zero Aries all the way around to 29 degrees Pisces. And it's really kind of interesting to see how, you know, these energies play out sometimes. So here it is. Um, we are in an emotional, cultural time with this, new, with this new moon, with this degree. And it says, a disappointed and disillusioned woman courageously faces a seemingly empty life. The keynote, the capacity to meet emotionally upsetting experiences in human relationships with strength of character and personal integrity. The man who manages vast and complex business enterprises most often reaches power and achieves success because of his ability to deal with crises and temporary reverses of fortune. At the emotional level, we now see a woman, in quotes, confronted with sharp disappointment and forced to face the vanishing of cherished delusions, presumably in terms of a close relationship. 
She has to learn to manage such crises, which are really tests of inner strength and perhaps compassion. We all have tests of inner strength. Uh, we all, excuse me, we all have within ourselves the power to learn through emotional crises, but like any other faculty, it needs development. This is the first symbol in a five-fold sequence, blah, blah, blah. It urges us to develop resilience under adversity. So now while I'm not sure I really am thrilled about that being the energy of a new moon, because that's taking us out 30 days until we get to the next new moon, it has, it has an important message for us. Uh, and that message might be, this too shall pass right? This too shall pass. Now let's look at the sun and the moon and the earth through our human design, because I think here's where it gets kind of interesting. So this, because the sun and moon are in a conjunction, they're both in the same gate, right? They're, they're both sitting at the gate 49, which is on the emotional solar plexus. So if you're looking at your chart, it's the bottom right chart or bottom right center. And if it's colored in, then you have a defined solar plexus. If it's white, you have an open solar plexus, right? A defined solar plexus means you're a broadcaster of emotions. An open solar plexus means you're taking in other people's energy or the energy of the collective, amplifying it, and then possibly broadcasting that out, right? So not sure of what it is that you're truly feeling, perhaps, right? So the new moon at gate 49 is called the gate of revolution. <laughs> I don't, I can't make this stuff up, right? Just can't make this up. And it means it's a time of radical transformation and upheaval. That's pretty much what that gate does, right? It is, it is a place in our chart of rebellion, of upsetting the status quo. So it's about breaking free from the old patterns the old structures, the old beliefs that no longer serve us. And if you think about that, that might play out in any area of our lives, right? Any area of our lives. You might be able to dial that in a little closer to find out where the sun and the moon's conjunction, i.e. the new moon, is by house in your astrology chart. So essentially, where is Aquarius in your astrology chart? Like in my in my chart, it's in the eighth house of death and rebirth, transformation, right? That's huge. Um, that will tell you, like, what is this energy of rebellion, of contrariness, of transformation? What area of your life is it impacting? Okay. And if you need help with that, you can just put a note down in the uh, chat and I'll see if I can figure that out for you. So this is also about finding a new way of relating to ourselves and to others based on integrity, honesty, and authenticity. Huge right now. Huge. And the challenge in this gate with the sun and the moon is to balance our need for change to be flexible, adaptable, and resilient. Um, with the respect that we also need to hold for individuals and the collective values, right? So it's a tightrope sort of that this gate brings us to, right? So we got to watch this. The gift in this gate's position for this new moon is the potential for creating a more harmonious and peaceful world. 
where everyone can express their true self safely and, um, you know, where others can hold the space for them. That doesn't mean we all have to agree. And it doesn't mean that we all have to be the same. That is just not true. That's a fear that we all have, that if we hold space um, for everyone to express their true self or that we are creating a more harmonious world, that somehow we lose our individuality in all of that. But that just doesn't happen, right? It's just a fear. Now, this is um, then also a time for us to look at where's the earth in all of this, because the earth is in the opposition point to the new moon. And the earth is in the gate four. The gate four is on the Ajna and it is on the right side of the Ajna moving up toward uh, the head center. Uh, it is uh, moving from gate four to gate 63 through the channel of logic. And this gate four where the earth is has the potential for logical answers and solutions, right? It is part of the channel of logic, as I said, which, you know, connects the head and the Ajna together through the gate of doubt. And therein lies a part of the problem here, right? We might be doubting ourselves. So this gate um, gives us a natural curiosity and a desire to understand how things work, right? I always seem to want to know the why, right? The, I, I want to know you know, what all of this means. And the natural curiosity through gate four can also lead us to possibility thinking. And that is the correct use of the energy. What more is possible? What else could I do? What else could this mean? What else is available? What more could, you know, could this bring for me? Um, there's also uh, this gate for if you have this uh, in your natal chart, in your natal human design, you might have an, an actual gift for helping explain complex things and breaking it down into simple to understand um, words, right? There's that. Now, the doubts are something of concern here. We've got to face the challenge with doubt, with uncertainty, with skepticism, um, especially like the doubt and the uncertainty, because when we are faced with the number of changes that are happening all around us every day, with the drama that is happening in the world around us every day, um, we can sort of lose connection uh, to uh, that certainty that we had, that the world works this way, that when I call somebody for help, I'm going to get it. Um, that if I put out certain things, people are going to buy them. Um, if I do certain things for my body, then I'm going to be healthy, right? Those are all things that we take for granted almost even. And in a time of change, such as what we're in, or when there's this rebellious kind of upheaval energy, it's hard for us to hold on to that we're grasping for even certainty. So the gate four here says, okay, look at it as what is possible, right? If uh, there's this complete turnover in the way the government works, what might be possible? If there's this great turnover in how we get our energy, what might be possible rather than going into the doom and gloom of it all? So 
We're going to also find that the earth requiring us to learn to trust our own logic and intuition, both. Not just logic, where it's this recognition of patterns and how they repeat and uh, predicting what happens from that. There's also the intuition, the inner self that knows which direction to go, how to stay in the clear, right? Or what challenges are the right challenges for you to experience, that kind of thing. Um, so the possibility is that we have a beautiful future ahead. We just have to move through the changes. The possibility is that beyond the limitations of this present moment that we're in, we can envision a whole new future. That's Aquarian energy right there, right? So big moon, that square to Uranus making it crazy. But there is one aspect of the new moon that is also helping to sort of maybe moderate those influences somewhat. And that is Venus is in a trine aspect with Uranus. So Venus is in Capricorn right now. Not her favorite place to be, right? It's very much more business oriented. Um, there, every time I think of Venus in Capricorn, this uh, video, this music video from years ago, I want to say it was either Robert Plant. It was uh, the song Simply Irresistible. And in the video, there's these women and they're all dressed in these business suits playing guitars or musical instruments, right? And they're sort of dancing and swaying. That is what Venus is like in the sign of Capricorn, right? She's business, but she's got this creative energy that she's working with, right? The music um, maybe video showing that in, you know, their dancing or in their, their handling of musical instruments. So Venus holds these possibilities then in this relationship, in this Capricorn energy of the goals and the dreams and the ambitions being there that we simply need to come into alignment with them. And in the trying to Uranus and Taurus, it lies, lies the, the actual steps like, you, you got to take a step forward if you want to move into a new direction. Like I could just sit here all I want and that email program problem isn't going to be fixed. I have to do something, right? So the, the trying between Venus and Uranus maybe make things a little easier for us, as in maybe we get a stellar insight as to what it is that we need to do or how we need to do it or when to do something, right? So uh, that she's a sort of modifying influence on all of that. All right. So before I go on, let me take a look at everybody out here. Linda, hello. Uh, I'm on the ninth day in the hospital with RSV. Not fun. Oh my gosh, Linda, we send you tons of healing energy and hope that you can get through that. Uh, Londa sending you love as well. Terry or Teddy got bit by the dragon yesterday. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't lose a hand. Pam's Aruba. Good morning. Late, but playing catch up Chinese new year information. Kepler college put out a YouTube from last Saturday's free webinar called the wooden dragon and Pluto Aquarius. That might be an interesting listen today for people. Thank you, Pam. Londa says you can release any old contracts that no longer serve your purpose and connect into the new creation currents. I like that. I love the way you just framed that new creation currents. As some of the old projects are obsolete on some levels. So revamping what is still sparking your projects and releasing any old outdated ones. Um, that's in April. 
during WESAC. Is that April or May? I thought it was in May. JLo, 49.6 in my SQ and D Design Mercury, 49.5. So the fact that 49 sits in your SQ, which by the way, takes us into the gene keys, right? The SQ is a time in your life, in your development from birth to seven, right? So it's really going to be a physical development that goes on. And that would be maybe the source of physical discomfort for you, J-Lo, when big change is upon you or when you resist change, or maybe even when you change arbitrarily um, for no real good reason, maybe leaping into or out of things one after another. So take a look at those first seven years of your life and what was going on in your family, because of course, from birth to seven, you really have very little of your own power to make decisions or make choices. So a lot of choices are being made for you by your parents, your teachers, grandparents, maybe the culture you're in or the society that you live in. So take a look at that and see how that might have um, impacted your ability to move through change or to stay in a situation long enough to see if it is going to come to fruition or not. And then, of course, your Mercury there, your design Mercury there uh, might be something that you're here to talk about with others, how to change, how to uh, use the power of revolution to move forward, right, out of um, stuckness. So there's that. Okay, I'm going to go back just a little bit. Um, 1111, as I said, that message, Christine says, I love it. Um, um, ba -bum. All right. Natasha, good morning to you. She says, I'm grateful for you and thank you for volunteering to be a voice for our energies that we may be in. I figure if I'm experiencing it, I can't be the only one experiencing it. And sometimes I experience things maybe a week or two weeks before the people that I work with are experiencing it. There's probably a really good reason for that so that I can be a voice for sanity to someone because I've already had to be sane moving through something myself, which is kind of crazy. But, you know, a lot of healers, I hear this from a lot of people that work with others in a healing capacity um, or, you know, in doing sessions with people, counseling or coaching or even, um, you know, therapeutic situations where they've experienced the same thing just recently to the person that they're working with, right? Almost like a uh, a test or a, uh, a run through uh, uh, before you actually have to hit the right uh, person that you need to help. It's kind of interesting. Okay. Now, tomorrow, uh, the planet Mercury is going to move into a square with Jupiter. So this is already kind of lining up. And right now we have Mercury in Aquarius and Jupiter's in Taurus, right? So those two signs, Aquarius and Taurus, form a square, a 90-degree relationship with one another that tends to be filled with tension, right? There's some kind of anxiety-producing energy that's popping up um, in our field, right? The energy of, of um, Mercury is about our voice about our minds, about our thinking processes, about how we speak or don't speak, such as the case may be. And then, of course, Jupiter is our path of evolutionary growth of our consciousness, right? How are we growing and expanding? And how are we uh, seeing the bigger picture of things that are going on? So we have a rational 
innovative mind with Mercury in Aquarius, and it's meeting up with an expansive yet materialistic nature of Jupiter in Taurus. So they, this is where the tension comes in, right? You're holding the space. So there are always possible side effects going on when we have that layer, that uh, much of a uh, square happening. One might be either overconfidence or arrogance in one's own ideas and opinions. Luckily, this doesn't happen at gate 17, <laughs> which is a gate of opinions in human design. But it is something for us to watch out for. How much of what you're saying to people is your opinion versus facts, right? Or real reality versus unreality here. That's kind of what this is. Um, we might have difficulty communicating uh, or compromising with others who have a different viewpoint than us. Luckily, this will happen on a Saturday. Most of us aren't working on Saturdays. So hopefully we can, you know, keep this in a sort of moderate way of ex being expressed. There could be a tendency to excessive spending or indulging in pleasures that may not be sustainable, right, or beneficial, going too far too fast, doing too much, spending too much, drinking too much, eating too much, anything that you could put too much after, right? We've got to watch that. Anytime we have Jupiter involved in a square, we have that potential for overdoing it. Now, with Mercury in that mix, it's overthinking, right? Maybe overthinking or uh, ra over-rationalizing, okay? So keep those in mind. But there's also a tendency to rebel against authority, um, or tradition with really no clear purpose to it. Like, there's no reason why I'm rebelling against this system, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to join this cause just because. So be careful about that. To make the best of that particular square, be open-minded and be curious about others' perspectives and experiences, about what else is possible seek balance in your life, balance and moderation in your actions and your desires, right? Don't go too far, too fast. Um, use your creativity. Uranus here, uh, I mean, excuse me, Jupiter in Taurus can be very creative and so can Mercury in Aquarius. There's a creativity that is almost original in, in feel, um, maybe a little eccentric or a little out of the ordinary. So lean into that, right? Be creative in your originality. Um, and you might also have opportunities that show up over the next few days that are both visionary, like way outside of the box, but also practical, right? These are um, connected through earth and air. Air is the idea field and earth, of course, the practical action, the reality. Can I really get that done? Is it practical? Is it useful? Does it add to the uh, beauty of the world or does it take away from the beauty of the world? And above all, respect the wisdom and stability of the past while also embracing the change and innovation set in front of us for the future. Right? We don't want to throw everything of the past out. We want to build upon the best of the past and join it with what is possible for the future. All right. Any questions about that? Uh, Terry, hi. Supply and demand issues this last week. Why? <laughs> 
why ask why? A better question might be, all right, how do I get through this? What original, unique idea, um, what burst of inspiration can get me through these things? How do I best use what I've got left of something while I'm waiting for the next supply of something? Lots of ways that we can look at that. All right. Uh, now, uh, I know we've talked about this um, already, but I want to go back over the transiting of the inner planets across zero degrees of Aquarius. Because who sits at zero degrees of Aquarius right now? Pluto. And on Monday, the 12th, uh, the planet Mars, our action, our forward momentum, our anger, frustration, confrontation, our fight, our struggle comes into Aquarius out of Capricorn and right into the arms of Pluto, who's also at still at zero degrees of Aquarius. Now, there are profound implications of this particular planet moving into this degree for both you as a person individually, because Mars is an individual planet, but also collectively in the fact that uh, the planet Pluto is one that pertains to the collective, right? The bigger energy of humanity. And this is transformational energy. Remember, Pluto, anything to do with Pluto is transformational. Anything to do with Mars is action. So the energetic dynamics here are taking us into a need to embrace innovation, to uh, kind of rectify or look at social justice themes, humanitarianism, uh, collective consciousness. What is our consciousness at this point in time? Are we willing to be dragged back into um, old authoritarian ways of being? Um, or are we mature enough now to take on the responsibility and move forward, right, into different ways of being and working together? Uh, the uh, conjunction symbolizes right? The coming together of these two energies. And it, it kind of in the background symbolizes a huge period of metamorphosis, right? I keep thinking of the butterfly or the dragonfly, how they break out of their um, chrysalis, right? Or they, you know, need to break out, spread their wings, and then they can fly, right? There's this whole transformational energy. And since Mars is the energy of drive and ambition and assertion, right? How you push yourself out there. And it's coming into alignment with Pluto, the, the planet associated with power, regeneration, and sort of the deeper psychological processes that we're moving through. There's a, a potent blend of energies going on here then that catalyze change. And often Mars is the instigator, right? In big things in your life, Mars is the instigator. He's the you know, fork in the back that pushes you forward. Um, so this energy can manifest in various ways from sparking some kind of groundbreaking innovation uh, to instigating social movements, backlash against something, uh, or advancing equality and justice, right? Big words that come with this package of these two planets together. Now, their coming together, though, also holds the potential for conflict um, and upheaval, 
right, alongside its transformative potential is this angry, rebellious, revolutionary, right, that is needing to be expressed, this revolutionary energy that needs to get out there. Now, Pluto, his job is to bring up the hidden aspects of a conflict, perhaps, the hidden tensions, right, that no one's really looking at, the secret, um, exposing power struggles, exposing societal issues that demand resolution in some way. Um, and it can lead to crises as we are challenging that status quo or the status quo is being challenged. And that means the established norms and structures fall away. They, they're shown for the unsustainability within them. Okay. And it forces us as individuals or a society to confront our deepest fears about moving forward, about change. It forces us to confront our desires. What is it that we truly want? You know, sometimes I think that a lot of what happens in our governments isn't anything to do with the people. It has to do with power and who can get the most toys, who can make the most money, all of that. And that desire trumps, if you will, all of those uh, ideals that we have for where we want to go, unless the people, which is the potential we hold now, unless the people rise up and say no more, right? You're not dragging us backwards in time. You're not taking away our hard earned rights and equality, right? You're not taking those away from us anymore. So the vulnerabilities get exposed, right? The weak spots get exposed. So these are bigger themes, of course, but they're also going to be personal themes for you in your life. It might be in your business. It might be in your um, employment. It might be in your health. It might be in your finances. It could be in your family. It could be in your friends. It could be in your dreams or your vision. It could be any number of places. So you want to look to where is zero Aquarius in your chart because that's where it's taking place. And when you look at the chart of the new moon, which I had here somewhere, I want to show you guys something. Nope, not with that pen, with this one. When you look at Aquarius right now, we have basically what constitutes a stellium of planets right there, right? Moon With the new moon, we have the moon, we have the sun, we have Mercury, we have Pluto. And on Monday, we'll add Mars to that while the moon will move out. So we hold on to, and Venus not far behind, moving into Aquarian energy. So there's so much focus on this Aquarian energy. So to harness this energy in a way that is constructive, because that's what we want, we want to be constructive, we have to channel the intensity into positive outlets. And that could be engaging in creative projects or creative uh things that you have always wanted to do that maybe now is the right time to do, uh, supporting social causes, putting your money where you su have support in, with your beliefs. Like, I'm just going to give you an example, and this is just a small example. I one day discovered, um, and this is, you know, through my husband's work, that um, egg producers in the valley that I live in uh, we're buying electrified wire because they were putting it at the bottom of the hen's pens 
so that they wouldn't get off their nests. They would lay more eggs. I had a freak out and I stopped buying any kind of egg from any kind of mass producer. It has to be organic. It has to be free range. And I have to research the company to make sure that they are actually doing what they say they're doing. Because I am not going to put my money towards supporting something that has cruelty to animals. I mean, and, and it goes beyond that, right? That's just one way in which I was like, nope, I'm not paying for those eggs anymore. I will not su support that kind of behavior. I won't. So I drew my line in the sand and I then do what, you know, my heart says to do. Um, and that's just one small little way, right? We can, we have opportunities like that all along our lives to make sure we're staying in alignment with our values, putting our money, which is one of our power pieces uh, toward the things that we support versus just paying aimlessly for things that, you know, are harming. Uh, the environment or harming other animals or other peoples. I mean, there's a lot of consciousness that goes into searching out what things you can spend your money on that are um, sustainable and that kind of thing. And that's what we need to be committed to doing because that's one of the powers you have as an individual is to support those things that, um, you know, are moving toward constructiveness in how we live together. So uh, individuals, as people, we can leverage this whole transformational uh, potential with Mars and Pluto by making the meaningful changes that we want to make in our lives and in our communities. That's, that's how you do that, right? You may be so upset by homelessness that maybe you start a, a food drive or a clothing drive or a cleanup drive, something that would benefit homelessness. It doesn't matter what it is. It's that if you see a need and you are in resonance with it, Mars and Pluto coming together here offer up the energy for you to take that on and create the change that you want to have out there in the world. Now, it's crucial to be mindful of the impact that our actions have on others, uh, particularly those who are marginalized or vulnerable um, so we have to maintain a level of compassion, integrity, responsibility uh, during this period of time, right? Mars can sometimes get assertive to the point of, you know, not really caring what damage is being done in his forward mo momentum. Um, you know, if you if you want a very graphic way of looking at that, think about when we clear cut a forest. There's no vision beforehand of what the impact will be on a hillside that's just denuded of all of its trees. All there is is the consciousness of dollar signs and moving that tree into wood and taking it to market. So we have to have more compassion than that. We have to have more integrity than that. We have to have principles that are elevated, right? That's the world that we want to create. And these are opportunities for us. These are the little like blips on the screen where we can change or adopt a new way of being, a new way of seeing, okay? Um, so acting with awareness, acting with empathy, 
um, we can mitigate the impact of things that are going on for people around us, right? Or the animals or plants around us, right? Think globally. Um, now, there is a period of profound transformation that is being pushed out, right? Being like brought into being. And while there may be challenges and conflicts, it also opportunities uh, gives us an opportunity for growth and for us to innovate, for social progress, right? And if we harness the energy of these two planets wisely, even in our own lives, um, we can start to act with compassion and integrity, and we can navigate the transit with purpose, and then make a contribution to the uh, collective, the bigger transformation that is going on in the evolution of humanity. And I think it's interesting, too, when we look at this through human design, the conjunction of these planets, first it was Mercury, first it was the sun, and then it was Mercury, and now it's going to be Mars, and then it will be Venus all this month coming across, actually, uh, Jupiter, I mean, uh, sun and uh, uh, Pluto met in uh, January. But uh, all of these planets moving across zero degrees of Aquarius are in the gate 60 called limitation in your human design. And it is a huge energy. It is about, it's in and of itself, transformation. <laughs> Big surprise there. Um, intensity, right? There's regenerative energy here. And it is the, the possibility for breakthroughs in innovation for breakthroughs in inventions. I read another article this morning, just kind of went over it quickly, uh, about how much closer we're getting to being able to use nuclear fusion as a power source. It's clean, it's safer than fission, which is what our nuclear programs are all based on now. That breakthrough is a part of this whole Aquarian ideal. Um, especially when we're looking at science and technology and spirituality, right? Don't forget that aspect of this Aquarian energy or of gate 60, right? There's this really big need to break out of old, um, can I say religious mindsets and see the bigger spiritual concepts behind everything like that. But we're also challenged at this point then to face our fears, our limitations, our shadows, and the, the tools we have at our disposal to overcome those things are courage, resilience, we get that word again, resilience, and our very humanity, right? Our very humanity, which is of compassion and that, so, that kind of thing. The gate 60 reminds us that there are natural cycles of life, death, and rebirth, life, death, and rebirth, and that we can find meaning and purpose even in the midst of the chaos and uncertainty that exists in the world, um, exists in our own personal lives, perhaps. And it also teaches us to trust in divine timing and the order of things and to surrender to the flow of life without resistance and without attachment, right? That can be the hardest thing. We get attached to how we think something should happen, when something should happen, who's going to be that person. And when it doesn't happen that way, we fail to see the rightness or the perfectness in the way it did unfold, right? Because we get too pigeonholed. And the idea of fear is huge in this because to transform 
fear in our lives, we have to enable a vast amount of consciousness to overcome the DNA aspects of fear, right? We are designed in our DNA to fight, flight, or freeze, right? Fight, flight, freeze. That's kept us alive. It's kept us well, but it's also tied us to fears like fear of speaking in public or the fear of change, right? So unless we really bring more consciousness to and and understand that freedom, it lies in change, um, we will get stuck in that fear field. We have to move through the fear. So big ask um, by the universe of us all right now. And, you know, most of us are going to move through it with flying colors. And those who are going to move with um, of the flow of this energy are going to be the ones that are able to do that, right? To see that um, there's a higher purpose behind all the changes. Okay, so let, uh, let us do some cards, shall we? Uh, I'm going to do, let's see, I think I'm going to do a, a star code and a dragon. <laughs> it's dragon time, right? Let's do a dragon. Um, interesting. Last night I was watching an episode of Ancient Aliens, one of my favorite shows. But, like one of the few shows I'll tolerate actually um, having a, watching repeats of. And it was all about dragons in mythology. And it's, you know, fascinating because I've done galactic astrology as well. Uh, it's fascinating to see some of the stories that come from Draco which is a constellation of the dragon and all of the the mythology around that and here we are in a year where the dragon is potential and here's what we pulled the air and fire dragon it says expands your creative energies so harness your creativity excitement and enthusiasm communicate your passion isn't that a beautiful card it's a beautiful dragon the air and fire dragon so blending two very powerful elements together. And let's see if I can find, that is a fourth dimensional dragon, 32. Let's see about this. Fourth dimension, of course, is the level of the mind, right? The fourth dimension is where our mind is, where we think, the thinking mind. The third dimension is the action, right? Action level, the physical world. Um, so let's see what this says. Shimmering fourth dimensional blue and orange air and fire dragons are very vocal. <laughs> they love to express themselves and make their presence known. They often create turbulence as they swirl around us. Kind of feel that. Air mixes with fire to ignite an explosion of creativity, enthusiasm, and aliveness. These dragons make us feel happy, excited, and sometimes a little unsettled or even overwhelmed. At the same time, the element of fire transmutes lower energies and clears the path of our destiny, while air enables us to communicate our passion at a soul level. Choosing this card indicates it is time to harness your gifts and talents for your highest good and that of the world. You have something to in your, 
you have something in your soul to bring forward. So your guidance is to decide what fires your enthusiasm, then trust your inner wisdom and talk about it. Take a chance and step onto your true path of happiness and creativity. Remember the excitement and passion are magnetic qualities and will draw the right people in situations to you. This card can also suggest that circumstances may present themselves to you in which you will be required to make a rapid decision using your intuition and discernment rather than logic. The air and fire dragon who has come to you is telling you to trust yourself. You have all you need to make the right choice. With your air and fire dragon beside you, success is ensured. Well, I like that dragon for a Friday. I love it. For a zero degrees Aquarius, for a new moon in Aquarius. <laughs> it's fantastic. All right. So let's see. A star code astro oracle. This is by Heather Rowan Robbins. I find this deck to be very, very useful. Um, enlightening, but in an astrological sort of way, which I like. Oh, look, that jumped out at me. And it's the ninth house of exploration, card 47, which is an 11, enlightenment, um, illumination, the ninth house of exploration, which is also very expansive. It's also very Jupiterian. And let's see what it says. All right. If your chart were a village map, the ninth house would contain the international airport, university, or broadcasting tower. <laughs> the ninth house is the original World Wide Web. It speaks of how we expand our world through official and unofficial higher education, travel, international understanding, philosophy, and global communication. Here's your action. Go exploring. Step out of your comfort zone to see what lies beyond the boundaries of your familiar bubble. Step into a new country. Try on a fresh attitude and immerse yourself in an unusual body of knowledge or a spiritual philosophy you did not grow up with. It is hard to see your bubble, the lens for your experience, until you step outside of it. Look back at your socioeconomic milieu, family and friends and educations, and confront any unconscious assumptions that your people, your class, your culture is all there is. Hmm. You're being charged to develop a truly diverse perspective and understand that real diversity in a person or an ecosystem or a company builds, here we go again, resilience. Push your unique boundaries. If you are an urbane international traveler, you may be most stretched by small town life. Read the philosophy and spirituality from a far corner of the world. Once you've done all this work, share what you've learned with the world as a speaker, a writer, a traveler, a teacher, or an internet diva. Wake up the world. Your challenge. When you finally break through and can see the far horizons, it can be difficult to reconcile the allure of those infinite possibilities with the familiarity of the people close to you. Both are important. The gift, widen your horizon and expand your world. Explore in your mind, body, and soul. Teach what you know. The world is waiting for you. Oof, those are great cards. Great cards, great reminders, the ninth house of exploration. 
All right. Well, I hope that was inspiring for all of you this morning. Um, that is it for me today. Take care. And it has been nice being with you. I will see you all Monday. Take care now. Bye. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for astrology, human design and Gene Keys wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play and your other favorite outlets.